the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. This is episode 229 of The Boys of Tech, New Zealand's longest-running tech podcast. This episode is for the week commencing Monday, the 2nd of September, 2013. I'm Edwin Herman. I'm here in the studio. Joining me over Skype, also in Wellington, New Zealand, is Ben Sonko. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thanks, Ed. Hey, Ben, we were just talking uh, before the show about a time, in fact, not that long ago, where we did a show... And we had to re-record the whole thing, right? Yes, yeah. It was. I was just. I was giving you a little bit of grief, making sure that you had done a sound check this time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Lesson number one: do sound check. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's I gonna know. take you a few weeks to uh, to you know live that one down. Yeah, you know. Look, I, I must confess, it's the second time that's happened. The other time that happened was early in our in our history when when Boys of Tech had just really only got started, and I did a show with Brett King, and what had happened was. I think Skype had, had uh, crashed, actually. It crashed. So the app that records the audio, it was listening to Skype and listening to the, to the line-in, which, which goes you know from the mic into the mixer into the line-in. It was listening to those two things. But because Skype crashed, when I relaunched it, it didn't re-pick up the stream. And so uh, for three quarters of the show, for the remainder of the show, there was no Skype audio. So we had to record the whole thing again. So it was the second time it happened. It's it's hard it's hard work because everything's just really very funny. I know, and do, do you know what I found? <laughs> it was actually, in fact, I can't remember what episode that was. That was quite recent. It was probably only about seven or eight episodes ago, wasn't it? Uh, and yeah, we put some of those clips in the bloopers because you kept laughing because you knew what we were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you lost it a few times as well. There was one I, thing that we just couldn't get out. Neither of us could get it out. Oh, that I, that's right. We couldn't get yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I found with Brett when that happened was that all the little gems that I had come up with, he said, and all his quips I came out with the second time around. Yeah, because uh, you don't you don't want to say it again because it doesn't feel right. Yeah, like, I know. It, it's such an off the cuff thing, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you're like, I just thought of something. <laughs> And making it sound uh, spontaneous. Anyway, we're giving away all our secrets here. So that's okay, though. Um, yeah, no, th- this is definitely the first recording. I've done a sound check. It's it's going to record. And I know now if Skype ever crashes again, and it, by the way, it's never crashed again. That was just a really just a one-off bad luck uh, thing. But if it ever crashes again, I know to re-record, uh, you know, to stop the recording and then, uh, or, you know, and retake it from there. Yeah, do another sound check. Yeah, yeah, and another sound check, absolutely. So anyway, uh, Ben, I thought we'd kick off uh, this week with a rather interesting uh, take, I guess, on the whole texting and driving thing. Because in New Jersey, and you may have seen this in, in the news, Ben, that in New Jersey they're considering making you liable for a crash, or at least contributing to a crash, if you're texting someone who's driving and you know that the person on the other end is driving and they have an accident. That, the, that you could the be the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. It's, 
Like, surely you've got to take some responsibility for yourself. Like, well, this is the thing, isn't it? Wouldn't you think that it's it's the driver to you know up to the driver to ignore the call or ignore the text, not pick up that phone and text back? It, yeah, exactly. Like, regardless of whether you, it doesn't matter what you know that person's doing, they don't have to answer. They don't have to pick up the phone. Like, they've made that decision. It's their decision. It's exactly the same as if someone was sitting next to you and they asked you a question. If you drive past a billboard and you decide to read it, is it the billboard's fault? Could you sue the billboard company? <laughs> I haven't like, thought of that, but that's really good. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Like, I mean, if somebody if somebody flashed you as they're driving past, is it their fault if you crash? Like, yeah, where does like it you're end? driving the car. You're responsible. Yeah, exactly. Look, the only thing I would say, though, is, is with someone sitting next to you, if they just won't shut up and, and they are being very distracting, that's different because you can't really push them out of the car. Well, you could, but, you know, that's not a good thing. Uh, whereas with a phone, at least you, you don't have to even go there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. so if anything that's if anything's worse, it would be the person physically in the car, if you get, what I'm, if you get the, the gist of what yep, I'm saying, I mean, you know? It's definitely it's, worse, but at the same time, it's, it's a hazard. You manage it. If it's that bad, you pull over, you get them to stop. Like yeah, well, you yeah, don't just yeah. you don't just drive into another car and go, that was your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and, and this is the thing with the phone. I I really really don't get that. I mean, look, if if I was texting someone and I knew they were driving and I knew they were responding to my text while driving, I myself personally, I, I would stop texting them because. I would feel bad. I mean, I know it's not my fault, but I know that at least by stopping, that they're less likely to have an accident because they're not texting. But I don't think it should be my fault if I continue texting. I mean, unless they texted back, like saying, I'm driving my car right now. Every time you send me a text, it's really distracting. And I have an obsession compulsive disorder that I have to read <laughs> the text. Um, but So please don't text back to say that you have acknowledged this or anything. Is that okay? And you go back and you go, yes. And they go, no, no, look, you really, you're not allowed to text me right now it's really serious I, here's a note here's a ref, look this up on on um, wikipedia here's a link on youtube to someone explaining it please do not text me again okay and then you reply back like that's the sort of situation it would have to be it's just oh it's crazy yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah I agree. Now, to be fair the only cases where where this would apply is where the person texting the driver knows that they are dry knows that that other person is in the car and driving, so it's not how like because what what's that? How do you prove that? How do you prove that somebody oh, well, knew something? Well, you know, sometimes you do get people that text back going, uh, "Just driving," you know, or you know, just driving home now, um, you know, and they reply, put that in their text, uh, yeah. you know, in response. If that does happen. That does a, happen. But if you send a reply three minutes later. I mean, you you know that they're still yeah, driving. Well, you know that. Uh, I mean, you don't. The, you know that they haven't pulled over well, to fill the up the car, or like, how do you know that? How do how do you, how could you how can I prove that you know anything, other than if I have like a written confession or a signed affidavit or something? Like, how did how can I know about what you know? Well, okay. To un- I know it's a rhetorical question, but let me try and answer it. If this went ahead and went to court, I think it would come down to what to, to reasonable. You know, what's reasonable? Could the, personal, reasonable could the person could the person could the person reasonably expect that the driver was still driving? And there are lots of tests like that in other cases where, where it comes down to what would you, what would someone reasonably believe? The whole point, though, regardless of that anyway, is I, I'm of the same opinion as you, Ben. It seems absolutely crazy to me. To me, it should be, especially with a phone, it should be up to the driver entirely. The driver does not have to pick up that phone. They know someone's texted because it's buzzed or the SMS, the, the, you know, the um, text message tone, 
uh, came up, but they don't need to answer it. They don't even need to read it. The only person in control maybe, of that phone is the driver, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's a generation thing. Maybe we're just a little bit old and we can remember the day that when you went for a walk, you went for a walk and <laughs> there was no texting. There probably wasn't any music because your disc had ran out of batteries. There was no <laughs> phone calls. It was just, yeah. Like we had that time to get away and we understand about disconnecting from technology and maybe the kids these days, they just, they're there 24 mm. seven and they, they don't comprehend that. Quite possibly sad if it's true, but um, yeah, who knows? I don't know. But, you know, thankfully at the moment, it's only New Jersey in, in the USA that's uh, considering this. This is certainly not, you know, a, a worldwide sort of uh, thing. Mm, and I'm sure it's the insurance companies that are doing it, trying to spread the blame and, um, you know, cover their cover their losses. Well, I don't know who, it may well be, who knows really who's behind it, but to be honest, it, they're only considering it at this point, it's something that's come up, I I like to think that this wouldn't go any further anyway, so let's hope it doesn't. Now, onto the story about Apple, was, as in Steve Wozniak, has come out and, and made some comments about what he thinks Apple would need to do in order to crack uh, markets that they haven't done so well in traditionally, one example is the Chinese market. And he's come out and said something that you might be rather surprised from from the co-founder of Apple and certainly, you know, from any Apple enthusiast. And that is that perhaps what Apple needs to do is create a phone that's not an iPhone, that's not like what Apple would traditionally do, something completely different. And that's what they need to release in markets like uh, China. Well, he's probably right. So, you know, something a bit more like the, I don't know, Samsung Galaxy or something. Well, but that's a fully featured smartphone. I don't think that's what he's saying, is it? Well, that's that's how I took his comments. Are, are you saying, well... I would have thought it would be a more of a dumbed-down version, but... Like a cheaper version? Sure. Like, because, yeah, just less features and... Well, he's, the, well, the one thing I picked up on was that he definitely said a non-iPhone phone. So at least in there, he's implying it's not going to be iOS, it's not going to be the iPhone or a, or just the iPhone minus a few features. It needs to be something very different to what Apple's pretty much ever done. I guess that's why I thought it would be a, a stripped-down version of whatever it is. But, I mean, it depends. I mean, what, what are the... He's, he's specifically saying to break into the Chinese market, this is what you'd have to do, isn't he? Well, to I be mean, successful, I should say. I mean, that they're in the Chinese market, uh, but to be successful, yeah, in the Chinese market. I, th- mm. I think he's probably right. I mean, potentially the question is, do they want to be successful in the Chinese market? And that's maybe what, as, a, as an Apple fan, you might take, um, you know, make your disagreement with. Yeah, like you, you don't agree that they should be making a phone because they should make a you know, headway into the Chinese market, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Never ask me again. (laughs) (laughs) So so potentially as as an Apple fan, your your attitude is they, I'm not saying you, I'm saying um, as an Apple fan, a person thinks that the the quality of the product should be the absolute best. Mm -hmm. And that's their attitude. Their attitude conflicts with, we should be successful in the Apple in the Chinese market. To be successful in the Chinese market, you potentially have to do what was said and make a cheap phone. But Apple fans don't want a cheap phone. Therefore, they don't want Apple to have a strong presence in the Chinese market. Ah, uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, trying to yeah, say, yeah. yeah. 
Um, mm. I don't know that they've made that leap. Like, I don't know if they've sat there going, I don't, they, I don't want them to be successful in the Chinese market. All I want is them to not make a cheap phone, which then, in conclusion, means that they're not going to be successful in the Chinese market. So they're sort of, yeah. Well, you know, speaking of cheap phones, there is, of course, the rumor of the iPhone 5C, which is which could in, amount to nothing. But then again, it could be real. It could, could be something that Apple's going to release. And that's, I think, on the 9th. Of, so it's a week from now. There's an, uh, they've got a media event, and we'll find out. It's rumored to come out then. And that's this is different, by the way. This is not the, you know, this is not what, was is saying needs to go into the Chinese market. He's saying it needs to be non-iPhone, something different as well as cheap. Uh, whereas yeah. this here is ex- this other thing I've, I'm talking about. The five C is expected to be simply just a cheaper version of the iPhone with plastic instead of uh, you know aluminium and and glass. Anyway, so that's not something I think they should launch. That's something they should just put in the market. And if they make a cheap phone for the Chinese market, same thing. Don't launch it in the states. Put it in the Chinese market. Yeah, keep them separate. The yeah, Chinese market. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If if that's the reason that you're making it, then do it like mm. that, and that will hopefully appease some of the Apple people that are, you know, oh, don't sell our products to the to the cheap people. Now, at all. something else was said in this interview that I watched was that he, you know, one of the things with the iPhone that people have, I think, starting to notice now is that because it was pretty much the earliest one of its type, you know, it's it hasn't really, I don't think, evolved as much as some of the others. If you look at some of the others, in fact, most of the others, especially the Samsungs, take, take one aspect, for example, the screen size. The screens are a lot bigger and go right to the edge. The iPhone, by comparison, looks quite dated because it has a smaller screen and it's got a bigger, uh, you know, uh, a bigger um, edge. So, you know, was a saying he'd like to see. You know, he was asked, "What would you like to see in in a in, in future Apple phones?" And he said, "I'd like to see some of the features that other manufacturers are, are putting into their phones. I'd like to see bigger screen and so on." And I thought that was kind of interesting because, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of Apple fans would defend Apple and and find reasons why they shouldn't and why it's good the way it is. But really, you know, was is pretty much. The I'm guessing one of the biggest Apple fans, given he co-founded the company and he's still very much, you know, involved in Apple products in his personal life. Uh, yeah, he he's really keen to see some of these features that you know the likes of Samsung and and whatnot have. Well, that's one thing I was going to ask is what is what is his involvement with Apple? Oh, he doesn't have an official. I think he's still. Last I checked, they still had him on the uh, payroll system. Uh, but he's not getting paid. He's just there as as kudos, if you like. But he has no ties to Apple. No so ties. So he doesn't really have any reason to be, to be, um, you know, like constrained in his opinions at all. No, I guess not. I mean, there is always the element of self pride as well. You know, it is still, or was his excuse the pun his company. <laughs> that was a good one, actually. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, was his company, and there is that aspect to it. But yeah, no, he's he's got no links. The only thing was when Jobs was at the helm of the company, he did from time to time consult with with Was on various things. But that was, you know, Wozniak doesn't have an official capacity and never did in the company in recent years. Because he kind of got kicked out, didn't he? Like Jobs kind of kind of snatched it all away from him. I uh, thought. No, well, what happened is he he got frustrated. Uh, uh, Wozniak got frustrated and left. 
Jobs got pushed back in 85. Yeah, yeah Woz just got yeah. frustrated. No, was it later than that? I can't remember. But yeah, no, uh, Woz got frustrated and uh, and that was the end of that. According to Wikipedia, Wozniak remains an employee of Apple and receives a, st- a stipend estimated to be $120,000 per year. Wozniak? That's, that's not a bad little, you know. I, I, I knew he was on the payroll. I thought he was getting paid zilch. Maybe 120000 is zilch. <laughs> yeah, it's all relative, isn't it, Ben? <laughs> yeah. Our zilch is a little bit lower than their zilch. Yeah, I can see that. That's interesting. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's Wikipedia. Who knows? Mm, I'm, I'm very surprised because other stuff I've read is that he he didn't he didn't receive he didn't receive anything, but they kept him on the books on you know on paper if you like with with zero with a zero disbursement just for you know for kudos. Maybe, but, maybe he built the accounting system and he's just had it increase the amount all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could be. Anyway, there you go. So that's uh. You know about Apple and what people think Apple should do with the iPhone and and whatnot. Uh, what else is there this week? Um, oh, Twitter! Now Twitter has done something which has <laughs> got a lot of people upset. They've reversed the uh, the order in which conversations appear, or at least uh, you know entries in, in a conversation. It used to be. Let me get this right. Which way did it used to be? It used to be uh, newest messages first. Newest first. So reverse so chronological. New, new- Newest would always come in at the top. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. So it used to be reverse chronological order. Now it's chronological order. So you've got the original, and then you've got the reply, and then the reply to that underneath, and the reply to that underneath, and so on. That's the, that's the new way, and it's upset. Would you believe it, Ben? A lot of people are upset about this, and there's there's probably going to be protests and petitions, and I can't believe it. Something was changed on the internet, and people aren't happy with it, and they want it. They want it to not have changed. Why don't they just this, make it user configurable, though? Why don't they make it user configurable? Wouldn't that be the best? Yeah, it's the same thing I was thinking as well. But Yeah. I mean, there's still going to be the question of what the default is, and people will still fight, you know, they'll still fight over that. Here's a question for you, though, Ben. Just thinking of email, and not so much Twitter necessarily, but, you know, email. How's your inbox organized? Oldest at top or newest at top? Uh, newest at the top, and I, re- and I um, have the message that... Sorry, all the new messages come in at the bottom, oldest messages at the top, and then I read from the newest messages down, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, so what's new, yeah, okay. But uh, so you do have oldest at top, newest at bottom. Yeah, but yeah, I also have, it's always at the bottom of my inbox, so. Right, yeah, okay, it jumps yeah. to that. But yeah, I, I don't, I get frustrated reading a reply when I haven't read the original message and then you go, wow, I don't know what you're talking about. And then you read the original message. Like, oh, that's what you're talking about. Oh, oh, yeah. So so are you, are you one of these people that hate top posting? Yes. So when you hit reply in, yeah. in an email and in, in a news group, uh, a username message, whatever, when you hit reply, do you add your reply above or below yeah. in that message above or below yeah. the, but that's because I'm expecting the person who I'm replying to to have been in the conversation. So, so sorry, which way? I'm talking about. So My, I didn't I, catch I which reply, way. I'm typing at the top of the message. Oh, you type it on the top, okay? All right. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people don't don't like that, especially on Usenet. They they hate that. But that's see, I think I consider that to be like a forum or something like that would be different because you could be coming in at any point and you want the frame of reference. Whereas if it's an email train. 
you're potentially you're already involved in that train. You already know what's going on. You don't want to have to scroll through the old message to get to the new content. And if you weren't involved, it's easy enough for you to go down and scroll through it. Um, so I consider those two completely different things between email and like a forum. Yeah, yeah. So if you're on, are you on Twitter at all, Ben? Uh, yeah, sort of. Okay, so obviously you have a Twitter account, but but you're not, okay. So if you were looking at conversations, how would, would you like the new way where it's chronological or would you prefer the old way, which is reverse chronological? I would prefer the new way, but I mean, with my Twitter, I always scroll to the bottom of my Twitter app and then work my way back up for that reason, because I want the context. But I mean, I don't, I, I follow, you know, 10, 15 people and I'm interested in what they say. I'm not posting myself. I'm not getting involved in conversations. I don't follow 600 people. Well, I, um, hope, so boys I, at, I hope Boys of Tech is one of the accounts you're following. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> that was a very, <laughs> mm, yes, of course, He as he searches and clicks follow. <laughs> so you've got a Twitter account? Okay. <laughs> um, I, don't, I, I don't really use, I mean, I don't know how someone who follows like 100 people could even remotely keep track of it. No, you can't. You can't. And, and, and you know, what I do though is I do follow a lot of people like that, but I, I kind of just look at it when I feel like it. it's like, okay, what's, you know, hit me now. What have you got? And I just look at a few things. Oh, that's interesting. It's not really to to say, oh, I'm following 120 people. I must know everything that those 120 people say. It's well, that's certainly that's not the way I use it, and I don't think anyone else does. Really, you can't. It's just you know these are the people. Well, you I can if you only follow 15 people. Well, yeah, okay, this is true, but uh, the, you know the way I use what it. What you need is you need two. You need you need to be able to go. Okay, I'm following this person because I'm interested in what they say, and I'm following this person because I might have five minutes to spare, and some random thing they spit out may or may not interest me. It'd be nice if you had that option. Yeah, that's true. Actually, like so, two two categories. One, these are the people I follow, and just as I do to see whatever comes up whenever I look at Twitter. And as you said, the, the first set of people would be uh, the ones I want to see everything uh, about. So I'm going to pretty much read every message on for those people. Yeah. And you can just hit a button and it filters the rest out. That would be kind of cool. I like yeah, that. Oh, I hope Twitter's it's listening. A combination. It's a combination. Yeah, of course they are. <laughs> and we won't complain about this new system at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a combination oh, between man. the two of us. You know, we'd, we'd be able to would be able to do what we both want, you know. I want to be able to follow people and read everything they say. You want to be able to just have a nosing. It would be good. Yeah, that, but, that's a, I like that idea. Well, anyway, there you go. If you haven't noticed it, that's the change to conversations on Twitter. Now it's in uh, chronological order. And you're going to have to get used to it. That's the way it is. That article had like five or six Twitter posts on it. And it was the most like like – these are the boringest twits of like of every, anything. Like, why would you use these as a frame of reference? Are these the only people you could find complaining about this? Because they're not very good. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, look, there's, but you know that goes for Twitter in, in general. There's so much rubbish on there that that's just boring. Yeah. And I don't imagine yeah. Facebook's the same. I don't use Facebook. I've made that pretty much well known on on this show. I don't use Facebook, but I imagine there's so much rubbish on there. You know, I mean. I guess with Facebook, there's more types of rubbish to look at. Well, that's actually, this is the thing. This is kind of why I like uh, Twitter because uh, it's, it's nice and simple for me. I'm a simple sort of a guy. I don't like complex. 
I can't go to movies that have complex plots. I just get lost in them and I forget what's what. And I, it's just that you've lost me. I get lost very easily. So with Facebook, I'd be like, there'd be all the stuff, like there's photos. Oh, but there's these status updates and there's the wall thing and then there's a vote here and there's a game here. I'd be like forever not knowing what to do and what, what to do. Twitter's nice and easy. It does one thing and it does it nice and simply. I think you'd be like me. You'd read one terms and condition of an app that you have to approve access to your account for, and you would never install an app again in Facebook. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like oh, yes. The, the terms and conditions on those things are just like, yeah, amazing. I does look. It also raises the question: Does anyone read those? You know, for, and I don't just mean on Facebook. I mean anywhere. You know, when you get these end user license agreements, I mean they're so. You know, click next, next, and you get to the page with the license. Are you really going to read all that dross? It depends. I mean, it, I bet you there is one person out there that reads everything. I don't think he'd be a particularly interesting person, but I bet you there is one person out there. But no, I'd say the majority don't. South Park had a really funny episode where. Um, one of the boys and like, upgraded iTunes and didn't read the terms and conditions and then ended up in a human centipede. <laughs> it was very humorous. Okay. I, don't, I don't think I want the details on that. <laughs> no, you don't need them. <laughs> Good. I'll just ride, up, ride right over that and, and we'll go to our last story. And that is, this is kind of interesting. Scientists have produced, have, if, if you like, grown a mini human brain in a Petri dish. In the, in the lab from stem hmm. cells isn't that kind of cool it's kind of weird they're using it for like research aren't they wouldn't they be better they, off building a giant brain well I, yeah, I don't think they can though Ben that's the thing they can't just get a really big petri dish <laughs> just wait a bit longer right yeah I'm sure yeah. it's that easy <laughs> must be they just probably haven't the, thought of it but, <laughs> that'll be it of course yeah now this this one's uh, three to four millimeters in size it is very small and the thing is it's it's not a fully developed brain obviously but it has the distinct regions of the brain which is what they, they want they what's useful to them because they, they want that for research and in fact there's a good analogy they they say that the parts are correctly organized but not put together so it's a little bit like a, you know a car where you have an engine and you have the wheels but the engine's on the roof that car would never drive but you could still take that car and analyze how an engine works so that's kind of the analogy of whether what you know got like those roof engine cars oh, like, of course you see them everywhere those roof <laughs> engine cars Yes, I, I know. Exactly. Well, yes, this is an example. This is just like the roof engine car. And you're like, oh, they should have said that earlier on. <laughs> now it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. I, th- I thought that was kind of cool. This is, um, you know, because this is just, look, we have to remember, this is, we're still early days in this, in this whole uh, stem cell you know, research and growing organs and stuff. And the brain, a human brain, is the most complex thing they've ever grown yet. They've grown livers and. Uh, I think other organs, I forget now what, but certainly livers. And, you know, the brain is one of the more complex ones. This is the most complex one they've actually grown. So in a few years' time, are we going to see, like, lab rats running around with brains stuck on their backs, like we do with ears and noses and things? (laughs) Quite possibly. Quite possibly. I hate to think, but, yeah, anyway. So, anyway, it's all in the name of research, so they can use these brains to do the research they need. And I thought it was kind of a cool story to end on. Hmm. Cool. So that's it. Anyway, Ben, look, thanks for co-hosting. That is pretty much all I had for episode 229. I want to thank you very much for co-hosting. Thank you. That was good. All right. We'll do it again uh, next week. Until then, take care, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye. Goodbye.